This is Cultural Quarter of an Hour and I'm Charlotte Foster. Every week we will be exploring the culture of Stoke-on-Trent and the surrounding area. Some weeks I'll be visiting events, other weeks I'll be looking back at our history, but always with an eye on the future. And you'll also hear the stories of the people who make this area just what it is. Culture is all around us. It's in the buildings, it's deep underground, it's in the air, and of course, it's in our blood. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. Hope you are well. I, for one, found this interview absolutely fascinating and I was completely blown away by um, by Jason and what he had to say. So I'm really leaving that as my introduction to this week's podcast. Um, enjoy. My name's Jason Nicholas Smith. I'm a spoken word poet. Um, I say spoken word, but I also do written poetry, page poetry. I do plays. I do inspirational talks as well. I also deliver workshops in schools and colleges. And where all over places that I find relevant where I can have impact. What's the difference for people who don't know between a spoken word poet and someone who writes poetry in general? Somebody who writes poetry in generally generally it's written for the page so there's a difference between that internal monologue when you're reading there's a big difference between when spoken because a lot of all things come into play and that would be well drama um, a play on words that are expressed the sound the sound as well um, and also there's an audience participation um, so um, whether if you're doing comedy poetry, you want to interact, interact with the audience and actually they're going to be laughing, so that will pause and stop and start. And also, with the spoken word, um, the poetry, performance poetry, you will adapt it also, so it's not static. Whereas um, the page poets, they will write something and a lot of page poet, poets, they will use form. If I was to write a spoken word poem on paper, this one say I done one called I Lost My Notes. If I read on paper, it will people look into it intellectually. However, I could start off with a poem that I done called I Lost My Notes. I would say to the audience, Hey, perhaps sometimes I'll put on an act, I'd search my pockets, hey, I've lost my notes. And I go, Oh, has anybody in audience ever lost their notes or lost their way and people uh, they would agree with that they identify with it I say okay then after three say I lost my notes as loud as you can so I go one two three people will go one two I lost my notes between the cracks of my chairs gaping holes of clothes and pockets when bare between the cracks of a council estate's concrete streets when marching out to step to my own heartbeats and along life's perilous past finding my way here I lost my notes I lost my notes in things titillating and crazy until things become hazy and I walk naked in a farm field on top of sharp shoots of a prickly field wondering what happened? What have I done? And where the hell am I? You see? There's a difference there. 
and that's harder to translate on page. Mm. But then I'll be getting the audience involved, so at certain periods they'll be showing, I lost my notes. And it's very engaging yeah. and it's, it's more, it's, it's, it's a lot of entertainment. So what I do, I mix up with the entertainment. So originally I started off as a page poet. I learned that craft and now I'm learning and progressing in spoken word. So I intertwine the page poetry, which is a craft which a lot of spoken word artists do, but also the audience engagement. So to me, it's more of a local advancement, a, le- a next level. What was it that drew you to poetry to start with? In 2003, I had an experience and I wanted to write about it. I wanted to share this experience. However, um, because of my upbringing and my lifestyle, I didn't have an education. So I enrolled on education in 2003 and I started to write stories and short stories to it. And I tried to imbue this feeling, what I would express, into the words. And along the line, um, someone asked me, hey, Jason, you should um, enter a poetry competition. So I entered, and secretly in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, people like me, we don't win nothing. However, three months later, I got a check, and I got an award, and I thought, wow. But I also thought, actually, I was lucky. However, again, I entered more competitions and I won. I got featured in, um, well, I got featured in a book by English Pen. I got, fe- I got read at the Royal Festival Hall in London. And that gave me a belief that actually, it's not just luck, actually, I've got something. And it gave me a self-belief in myself. Um, because I used to read... Keats, I used to read um, Will Self, Caroline Duffy, Benjamin Zephaniah, um, Lemon Sisse. I used to read these artists and I thought, wow, I could never be like them. However, when I was winning these competitions, I understood that actually each individual artist has got their own identity. So actually, you can't ever be like those of artists, but actually you can have belief in yourself and achieve what you want to achieve and express what you want to express to the best of your ability. Earlier on, you mentioned, or you said, people like you don't win poetry competitions. What did you mean by people like you? So, I grew up in a single-parent background. Um, my mother... She was dyslexic and she was on benefits for us life. So I come from below on the breadline, below the social divide. But earlier on, I recognised there was those that have and those that have not. So, and I also recognised that people from like the the nuclear family or those that have got um, stable upbringings, they generally go to college, they go to university, and they achieve some things in life. And I, I recognise the difference between where I was and now there was a big difference so I recognised that I was below the breadline um, so I believe people like I thought that people like me on the breadline we don't get the successes I now realise that actually that's just um, perception of oneself and um, there's nothing stopping you achieving the things that you achieve 
how do you come up with your poems? Where do they come from? Where do you find your inspiration? I believe when I was young, I've always had affinity with words because um, I'm dyslexic myself. Um, I would um, hear a word, the sound of it, and I'd try to decipher its meaning. I'd gain the meaning of the word and see how that word actually to how it applies to my life around me. So I've always had that affinity to words. My inspiration behind poetry, that's what you're asking, is relevant issues that have meaning to me, but also it's a complicated question because sometimes I write poem, poems out of emotion, but there's also, I write poems out of effect. So what I do a lot, I will um, roam, I will go and speak to those people, those people that are homeless on the streets, those people on a drug addiction, I speak to people that are feeling lonely, those people that have got no confidence in their life, those people that have gone through trauma, bereavement, and I've I've got poems for those. So I'll speak poems that I speak directly to them to show them that actually they're not alone, that it is a shared experience. So there's poems that I do for different different things so some could be to edify to lift somebody up some people could give some poems could give someone to enjoyment and some poems can give somebody um, some poems, poems can be to inform to educate to highlight so my inspiration comes from a variety of different places do you have a favorite poem to perform i used to work for a charity called um Ruby Girl and Rough Diamonds in the Pottery Centre and while I was involved with those I um, delivered workshops in schools and colleges, inspirational talks and um, well since left there because I, I worked for a couple of uh, jobs now but recently I was asked can I do a poem that they can deliver on porn um, the danger of porn in schools and stuff. Well, <laughs> I um, I started it, and the poem started off like, I used to look into a woman's smile, and shining light inside the eyes. Her mind would glide down into the bosoms of burgeoning desires being fired by an objectifying sexualizing, denying the true beauty before me. And then... The poem took on a life of its own. So this is I'll give you the full poem now. I used to look at woman's smile and shining light inside the eyes. And mine would glide down into the bosoms of burgeoning desires, being fired by an objectifying sexualizing, denying the true beauty before me. But beneath my skin deep shallow thoughts. My heart would fall. When looking up, seeing I'm denied by disdain in a woman's eyes, shaming my name so much as a man, I rushed and ran behind leaves like Adam and Eve. But I'd still leave behind moralistic parts of me to speak tempting tenderness and undress depravity. But 
Seeing her eyes glimmering within my darkness like emeralds on the hot sun Making me vulnerable like kryptonite in our eyesight connection Tethering my heart and soul so strongly I never wanted to let go of this flowing two-way connection Mighty than Wi-Fi, stronger than Bluetooth Truth I wanted to hop, skip and jump across finish lines Dive into the deep depths of the Nile I saw in her eyes Glide, glide a cruise ship along the rivers of her life Become the moon, kissing the ocean at, at night And she, the sun, rising heat rushes to my face This tethering connection contained a quickening Catching me up in whirlwind and spiralling Sending me in a spin of turbulent thoughts and peace I found in the storms of her eyes because she is something. She is the beating of day's rhythms, waking my senses to dance and listen. She is the glistening rain under which I stand nakedly, being bathed in love flowing over me like a flood. She's the answering calls to my song, swan songs on lonely nights, and she is a second. Wind in my lungs when feeling that I'm flagging and can't go on And she tenderly holds my vulnerable heart in her eyes Because she is everything So when I see glistening tributaries bursting banks Flooding the landscape of her face I reach out to dam the flow Giving the whole continent of myself because she is everything. So now, when looking at a woman's smile and shining light inside the eyes, my eyes do glide down into the bosoms of burgeoning desires, but these are fired by an objectifying to see the true inner strength and beauty of the woman before me. What reaction do you get when, when you perform that poem then? Well, it depends. Um, generally, um, a lot of women like it and I think that they like me a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, I'm not, um, like I say, I'm not, the words that I speak, word, the words that I give, they are based on my foundation. So I, I can't really speak words that are untruthful to me. So, generally, I'll speak them. I'll, sp- I'll speak the poem because I would like. I like to give the person hearing it some good feeling. Um, so, generally, I believe that the women look at me a di- bit differently because I mean the way I look. So, I mean, there's a lot of pers- people go by perceptions, which is the way people are so if you look at me well it depends what people either stereotype or what they think the perceptions so that poem there goes against the initial perception of me we've sort of touched on it a little bit but do you feel like poetry is accessible for everybody poetry is concentrated thought. Poetry doesn't have to rhyme. To me, poetry is somebody just speaking the inner voice without other things in the way. Poetry 
is accessible to anybody. I was in a dark place before. My saviour was a pen and a piece of paper. However, I didn't really have to have a pen and a piece of paper. Now I realise because I will walk down the street and I will speak poetry. Sometimes people think I'm crazy, maybe I think I'm even auditory voices and I'm answering myself back, but it's not the case. You don't need a pen, you don't need a paper. You can just speak it out and express yourself. To poetry me, poetry to me is an expression of a monetary emotion, one's inner thoughts. It's accessible to everybody and it's also an emancipation because a lot of people are imprisoned by their fears, their confidence, other people's fear of other people's perceptions. So people generally, or I can't say generally, but a lot of people do not speak their inner voice and in doing that, that's the imprisonment. Now, in poetry, when people put down their concentrated thought and then express it, that is an emancipation, that is a freedom. And this freedom is accessible to everybody. <laughs> it is glorious. There you go. That's Jason. That's his story. Would love to know what you think of it. You can get in touch with me on Twitter. It is at CQHpod. And on Facebook, it is Cultural Quarter of an Hour Podcast. And of course, the website, cqhpod.co.uk. And of course, back next week and every Wednesday.